Welcome to this week's WrestleViz Podcast. This is episode 7, uh, our Money in the Bank results episode. It was, overall, what do you say? Pretty good show or... I liked it. I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. It was yeah. a good show. Yeah, I agree. Like, it was, it paid off exactly what it was supposed to do, which is that match itself. Um, that match was filled with, on both sides, extremely hard-hitting matches that had so many, maybe not innovative, but great moves on and off those uh, the ladders. Uh, but I don't want to spoil that. We'll get to that later. Um, overall, uh, like we said, pretty good show. Uh, before I go any further, this is Rich Montalvo. And uh, let's see if I can get this right. The two-time <laughs> WrestleThis title Woo! winner. Uh, the Empress of Belts, Miss Honey in the Bank herself, Heather Montalvo. Woo! I won! Yep. Um, if you've listened to our other episodes, Heather and I tied for last pay-per-views uh, predictions episode, uh, along with the results uh, episode, and uh, we both got to pick the titles. But this time, Heather is a two-time uh, champ, making her uh, Heather two-time... Titles? Two titles. <laughs> Another two titles. Um, but uh, it was great. Uh, it was a very close, like, we just won by one. She won by one, basically. And it was actually our uh, side bet. Ended up going to Randy Orton, uh, his How one RKO. RKO. Yeah, I picked three. She had picked one, and she won. She won. Uh, that was our tie. Thankfully, we did have a tie breaker this time. So hopefully in the future, we will not have... Uh, any reason uh, to not break that tie. But uh, anyways, this week finds us uh, after Money in the Bank. Um, but before we get to the results of Money in the Bank, we have AEW. It's actually this Saturday in Vegas. Um, it is the Young Bucks and Cody's endeavor to start their own federation. And this is the beginning. Uh, granted, there was one other pay-per-view prior to this. But this is kind of the, the show with backing. And uh, this is... Um, their kind of move into let's see where this goes. Um, they had the fans back in the first time, and that's the first part. Let's see if they can bring them, keep them around uh, with their show that uh, has been picked up by TNT. So should be fun to see them. Maybe not come head to head with uh, WWE, but at least find their way uh, to to get on some level. Um, I'm definitely excited to see what their uh, product is, and we're both planning to see the show. Uh, any thoughts on AEW? Oh, I'm just excited to see it. I haven't seen a lot of these wrestlers too much in the past. I mean, we watched some New Japan, so we watched some Kenny Omega. Um, of course, I've seen Jer Chris Jericho. Um, so I anticipate those being really great matches, and I'm excited to see you know the other wrestlers that are sh showcased there. Uh, speaking of those other wrestlers, we're going to play a game right now. Okay. Uh, it's called AEW or Not. I will read out a match, and you will tell me if this is one of the actual matches on the card, or was it something I made up? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't tell her about this ahead of time. Okay. Um, so, let's see. Uh, first up, we have Best Friends versus Angelico and Jack Evans. AEW. Yes. Uh, second, we have Kip Sabian versus Sammy Guerrero. AEW. Yes. Uh, next up, we have Jesse Valentine versus El Cujo Jr. Made up. 
Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Street Hustle, 5G, and Shunjoku All-Stars. AEW. Nope. Nope, we made that up. No. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, next up, we have Dr. Britt Baker versus Kylie Ray and Nyla Rose. AEW. Yes. <laughs> so you got one wrong. That was I pretty good. I did. I did peek at the at the cards, so that's why some of them I was like, I'm pretty sure that's AEW. Oh, that sucks. I was hoping you actually had it not seen it. Uh, <laughs> anyways, that was fun. Um, well, let's get to Money in the Bank itself. Um, like we said, it was a pretty good show. Uh, one of the biggest matches was definitely the the women's Money in the Bank. Um, I thought all the women had a great showing. There was no weak spots in this match at all. Every single person put their top effort. Um, it was hard hitting. A lot of times, it be, this becomes a cartoonish thing. I felt in the past where it was more so funny moves and uh, just goofy moves off the ladder and ducked ladder. And there was some of that with this, but it was more athletic. It was a lot of. It felt good. It felt like a proper ladder match. And one of those major points was Bailey. Bailey pulled out probably one of her career kind of. Uh, matches in this because she was that hard hitting she there was a couple times when she had some rough spots on and off that ladder and but it was just great seeing her and um she won and uh i, I was really excited throughout the match and to see her win she definitely deserved it uh what did you think about the match yeah i thought it was really good i think a lot of the women really took it to the limit i mean you know you always expect some cringe-worthy moments in ladder matches and there were there were quite a bit <laughs> I I felt you know especially when you, I I saw it, I'm not sure uh, how much you saw it, but when Bailey got like that gash and like kind of by her yeah. hip it was like a ladder just falling on it and I almost like saw it, I was like oh that wasn't meant to like fall right there you know but she had to she had to keep on busting through and then it, as far as the athleticism that we saw um that one point where um Sonya Deville was like had Mandy Rose on her on her shoulders going up the ladder like I I didn't want either one of them to win <laughs> but it, it was a it was a pretty slick move um to do and really showcase them Amber we got to see her eclipse off yep. the ladder we, we talked about that um but in the end, yeah, Bailey really took it home. I'm really happy for her. She was your pick to win, so you got that point yeah. early on. So uh, moving on to uh, our next, we're going to talk about uh, these two matches kind of in tandem, but it was Becky Lynch and Lacey, and then Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Um, Becky had her two matches. Uh, the first one was against Lacey. You know, I thought I wasn't super wowed uh, by the match. I mean, the, the outcome I expected, uh, Becky did win and keep her her Raw title. Um, but to me, there wasn't anything super note noteworthy. Was there one anything for uh, you? The one thing that stood out, yes, it was almost like a squash match with some extra like output by the the jobber or whatever when it came to Lacey, but. Something that that I immediately saw was, or heard, was Becky. The crowd actually singing Becky's song, um, humming the oh. All of them chimed in, and they were all it. That is a champion moment. That is 
seeing that type of thing happen with Becky, it's like, well-deserved, first of all. And it could be the fact that we watched that 24 on the, the network about Becky. Um, but she deserves to be up there. And it's just fantastic to see the crowd accept her. And not only accept her, they don't do that with a lot of folks. They do that with Shinsuke. They do that with Glorious. They do that. There's not that many folks that get that treatment from the crowd where they are so enthusiastic of just seeing that person or hearing their music. They want to be part of the show. Um, but Becky was dominant, dominant and it it was it should have been that way. Um, unfortunately, it led straight into Charlotte's match. Um, yeah, I think they thought she, she thought for a minute she was going to get like a little bit of a breather there. Yeah, <laughs> you know? there was no breather. It was literally leaving the leaving ringside and Charlotte going down there and telling her now now her in her annoying voice, kind of harping her uh, back over into the ring and for them to fight again. And uh, it was a great match. It was. Once again, another Charlotte versus Becky match. Um, we like we both said we we've seen enough of it. Um, it was interesting to have that low of Charlotte winning and suddenly having the high of realizing, uh oh, Bailey, Bailey, this is are they doing it? No, is she gonna lose? Is she gonna cat? And it was that because I wanted it so badly. It was like, oh no, Bailey's gonna cash in money in the bank and then just lose. No. She won, mm -hmm. and it was great. Uh, this is the side of Bailey I want to see. I want to see not a hugger, but a fighter. I want her to be that NXT Bailey that is just so full of ability, and yes, still have that that reverent side of wanting to praise being a wrestler and being around other wrestlers. And this is so fun, and I wish I could hug you because I'm so excited. But at the same time, that heat that fire that you can see in her a lot of times in her best matches. Um, I'm glad that she has a belt and I'm excited to see where it goes. I, I hope uh, even if Becky gets that belt back right away, if it is Becky two belts for a little longer, um, I am happy to have seen uh, Bailey uh, get that belt and uh, see what she can do. I want to, I want her to be given a, a really good chance to, to show some effort in uh, what she can actually be out there being uh, the top gal in the biz. Uh, okay, next up, we have Samoa versus Rey Mysterio. Uh, this is kind of a grudge match. It was a rough match, just like a lot of matches on this card, where uh, Samoa is that big Goliath-type looking person versus little David there trying to, to fight him off. And Rey threw as much as he could at him, and out of nowhere, to me, he won. It was a surprise. It was back and forth, back and forth. And then suddenly Ray just got that win. And it wasn't a dominant win, but it was it was a hard-fought win. Um, I'm not sure what was up with that. I'm Otherwise, I am kind of disappointed that uh, little uh, Ray uh, Mysterio Jr. 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 Uh, Jr. <laughs> Prince, uh, Prince of Mystery. Um, I am not... I was hoping that he would jump in. I was hoping to see Dominic, um, that next generation, kind of step in the ring. And it wouldn't have to be anything major. It could just literally just him being a shoulder block. Just running into him with his shoulder and tackling Samoa down. Get off my dad or something like that. Where it just shows that there's any emotion there over his uh, little little tiny dad like getting beat up. But uh, what do you think about the match? Uh, you know, it was shorter than I thought it was going to be. It was like... You know, and I, I picked Samoa to win, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, like, Ray won, 
and it was like super quick and then Samoa's sitting there all bloody and everything you're like how how yeah, did I forgot how, about that how that how did that happen and then um you know, he starts beating up, Samoa starts beating up on Ray, and Dominic comes out. And I was disappointed to see Dominic not really get involved. He just kind of like stood there and walked around and didn't really, didn't really add anything. It was like, I felt like he could at least throw a punch or a slap or get on the mic and try to do some fighting words but uh, i believe as you put it that night uh dominic likes to watch y yes that's in my notes <laughs> <laughs> that is in my notes that i did um but no and then like that you know the ending you know they said well you know was samoa's uh you know was it sh were his shoulders down were they not so you know Maybe it was a bad call. It wasn't the first bad call we've ever seen in a match, and it certainly won't be the last. Uh, but it still, it, you know, adds to the storyline. You know, maybe they're building Dominic up for something bigger and better. You know, who knows? So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I guess I won't give up hope for him. Nope. So the next one match was Kofi Kingston and... KO. I was really excited about this match. Uh, I think they're really two both really great wrestlers, and uh, just with I think Kofi Kofi Mania is just continuing uh, on here, and I I thought it was a really good match. Uh, there were some really really rough moves. I I saw KO take a move. I was like, man, he could have broken his neck doing what he did right there. Um, you know, he tried to pull out a stunner. I don't think his stunner was really successful. And, you know, Kofi ended up winning with his Trouble in Paradise finisher. That seems to be the big one that he's been using a lot lately. So, I, overall, it was, a, it was a solid match, and I was happy to see him win. What are your thoughts? Um, I would say, overall, it was a an enjoyable match. It was another rough one. Another, like you said, there was... It's like they're putting a little extra effort because they know that the matches are pretty much all they have control over is them being in the ring. And it's great to see Kevin back. It's great to see him putting just so much effort to do things a little differently. Like you said, the stunner now has become his like major move. And um, dare I say it, he does it just as good as uh, Stone Cold did it back in the day. He has that same kick, that same just movement of straight into it and... Uh, it's exciting to see him back, and once again, it, it's Kofi winning, and I'm hoping this continues his dominant reign uh, with a couple more folks. Um, after that, we have AJ versus Seth. Uh, this is another rough match, but this was, it almost felt like New Japan style, just hard hitting, lots of neck breakers, lots of just moves that... Most people don't do because it doesn't make sense to do them. They're they're too flashy and it's just they you're putting a lot at risk if you're not doing it right. But these are two men at the the top of their game. These are two major wrestlers in the business that are kind of came from two walks of life. One going through the Indies and came, and uh, Seth starting in the Indies, but um, a lot of his career has been in the WWE and he's kind of been cultivated into this company man and not the kind of company man of like a butt, butt kiss or anything. Um, he's not like Triple H or anything. He's his own man. He is a um, 
I don't know. He he's just a great wrestler, and it's exciting to see the two of them uh, just kind of duke it out and just see that athleticism just head to head. This wasn't a storyline. This wasn't some BS thing. This was just two guys just putting it all out there and uh, seeing what it was to uh, kind of rumble against each other. No, um, what do you think about the the match? You know, this was I think I mentioned in our last podcast that this was match I was probably looking most forward to and I would say it didn't disappoint at all there were lots of you called it a very technical match and it was there were lots of dynamic moves that I saw that were executed near perfectly um there was that soup that like suplex that they did off the turnbuckle I thought was really cool I was almost waiting for one to go person to go through a table I didn't see anyone go through a table but that's okay <laughs> I, I still love the match a lot there were there were lots of lots of near falls uh you know in the end set Seth won um he wasn't my pick to win but I like that you know there's a whole like handshake of respect at the end I always like that especially with two superstars that I I, I love so much and enjoy enjoy watching so last but certainly not least, we have the men's money in the bank. So this started off a little interesting because uh, I don't know what you would call happened to Sammy, but he had maybe some type of altercation and he wasn't able to start with the match. So we actually had seven men and not eight introduced and started into this match. And again, I thought it was great, you know, just like the women's, you know, lots of cringeworthy moments. Um, I thought it was, it, I think um, Baron and Drew had a little alliance going on there for a minute that obviously didn't pan out for them. But the moment I was about to be most excited for was Ali getting to the top and it looked like he was going to win and he was my pick to win this whole thing and then what happened rich i don't know if i can say it yeah i heard one of the the worst theme songs out there possibly which would be uh that of brock lesnar he uh started at the top of the ramp and immediately my stomach started just churning mm -hmm. uh, it was like oh great this is where they're taking it okay so we're gonna have an absentee money in the bank holder as well um, Brock came down and I understand why they did it. Um, he is, um, kind of just put in his two weeks with the MMA world and, uh, told Dana White that he is not going to participate any longer in, uh, MMA style matches. He is all for WWE and he recently actually finished off signing with the WWE. So he is given uh, the the belt, the not belt, but the contract. Um, so we now have to sit and wait while he chooses who he will cash it in on, whether it is uh, Kofi or uh, Seth or whoever else gets the belts uh, anytime uh, in the upcoming shows. Uh, what do you think about that, that ending? Probably one of the best in uh, WWE history, right? I mean, I, I think it, it, it did add to the excitement, but it did also, I think, you know, we are not the only ones that it was like, our stomach kind of dropped. It was kind of like, oh, you know, you mentioned like that absentee, 
NXT contract winner, and I, he did show up the next night, and then they were all like, oh, let's come back. So maybe having that will force him to actually be a fighting champion, and not, he's not really a champion right now, but, you know, be around, yeah. add to that storyline, because that was my biggest problem with him has been all along. It's like he gets all these titles, and especially when he gets titles, then he's like gone for months. He doesn't show up. So uh, I don't know. Maybe you know they had a WWE had a come to Jesus moment with him. <laughs> uh, as for the rest of the match, just like you, I enjoyed it immensely. Um, those guys put it on the line out there. Uh, a couple of the moves that really stood out to me was the Spanish fly between Andrade and Ali, Ali rather, uh, off the top of the ladder. Uh, the two of them are on two separate ladders and Ali gripped them. I knew exactly what they're going to do. They're both kind of luchador types, kind of almost like 205 and they jumped off and it was just perfectly in sequence and it is a rough move to pull off and the two of them made it look so dang easy. Um, overall, just the match was so good. There were so many great matchups, so many um, just inventive spots. The other rough one that stands out to me is uh, Finn once again with Andrade. Um, Andrade jumped over him and did a sunset flip powerbomb onto the ladder um, that was propped up on the opposite side, and it was just brutal. You yeah. can just see that th this isn't. A lot of people say wrestling is fake. Yes, maybe the outcomes are and the storylines are. But when it comes to a man being thrown at a ladder, can't fake that. Mm -hmm. That is him uh, fighting with gravity and fighting with real steel. Um, probably aluminum, rather. But nonetheless, it is there. You can see the impact and him bouncing up from it because it was so rough. The inertia of Andrade just flipping over and... Even though it was just a slight tug, that tug took Finn straight into it. And granted, both of them are great. It did it all. Everyone was safe from there. There may have been bruises and cuts, no doubt. But it was a great match that pushed it, pushed it to the limit, but didn't push it past that limit. And uh, thankfully, they kept everyone as safe as possible, but did put it out there to, to put on a great and amazing ladder match. Um, other than that, it, it was just a really good show there was a really no nothing that stood out from the other matches that we're uh, not going to talk about this week but overall um like we both said it was a, a great match and um i know that the wwe is having some problems when it comes to their creative but the whole wild card rules and everything like that is just them trying to do whatever they can um and speaking of uh, whatever they can there was a new belt uh, that was unveiled and I'd like to definitely talk about that. It was this uh, Monday on Raw. Uh, they brought out, they kind of wheeled Mick Foley's stumbling. He's looking <laughs> more on I know, but he's, he's looking rough. rough. I know. His, hardcore, his hardcore years are definitely uh, caught up with him. But uh, old Mick uh, told the crowd that uh, he was bringing out a new belt. I personally was hoping for a hardcore belt, but this is kind of along the hardcore rules of back in the day, which is the 24-7 belt. This belt will be defended and fought for any time of day. Um, of course, it, it, it's whenever they can get a, a camera crew together to do it more than anything, but it's goofy and it's fun. I enjoyed the scramble. 
of everyone trying to run and uh, get the belts when it was first unveiled and uh, Titus winning being the, the first champion. you That's one of the fun parts. Anyone who gets that belt, even if it's a short reign, with other belts, it's like, oh man, he was a he was a three-minute reign holder. He, he, he only had it for a week. No, this is a 24-7 belt. You're going to lose it probably. And random, but you have to sleep sooner or later. Someone's going to get you. Um, anyways, it was fun to see it. Uh, I love that uh, they... They made sure to emphasize what could happen with this belt by Bobby Roode immediately winning it afterwards because that's what it is. You're being quicker. You're you're being smarter. Uh, the fact that R-Truth has it now, uh, the kind of trickiness of him having a ref in the backseat of uh, the car. Oh, that was my favorite yeah, part. Yeah, it was so much fun of seeing him. Uh, what do you think about the belt? It, it Especially the it, look. Oh, the first thing... At first, I really didn't know what to think about it. And then once they started going with it, and you could see, you know, they went backstage. That bit when, you know, Truth had a ref just in the car, in the car waiting for him. I, I was, I, it was kind of at that point, I was like, okay, this could be fun. Mm -hmm. This could be a lot of fun to see, um, you know. And I love it when they kind of go backstage and do, like, kind of go away from the ring and, do some fighting and do some semi matches. So I think that's what what this is going to be about. Um, I'm guessing with the wild card rules, that's the way that belt can transfer between brands. Um, and I'm curious how and when the women are going to get involved to get that belt. I, I'm kind of hoping it's Carmella. Carmella I kept on is, thinking that she was going to do something to Truth and knock him out. and <laughs> Well, she would seem to me it wouldn't have to be knocking him out. It could be him laying down and say, and her hugging him to uh, say, oh, Truth, there's nothing. And her, yeah, like you just <laughs> kind of did was uh, one hand on his chest to push him down and one, two, three, and <laughs> that she would be the first intergender 24-7. Uh, that's what this belt should be. Um, I'm not sure if that's why Mick focused on saying all superstars um, he did mention like uh, NXT and the other brands, but I'm hoping, like you said, like the women are, are involved in this and anyone, it could be even one of the announcers suddenly wins it. Uh, Corey or uh, Corey Granted probably couldn't, he shouldn't uh, with his uh, situation with his neck. Anyways, um, other than that this week, uh, the, the big thing was Kofi and Kevin. Uh, this was supposed to be an ongoing kind of feud between the two of them, and out of nowhere, it was shifted. A uh, not masked, but kind of hidden uh, character came from the crowd, and it was no other than Dolph Ziggler. And I know personally, I'm not a fan of Dolph, but uh, there's a reason why this is happening. Uh, they could have chose someone else, but the reason why this is happening is because of the Saudi Arabia show. Uh, Kevin does not want to participate, and there's quite a few wrestlers who are choosing not to be part of the show that is in a country that half of the roster can't wrestle in, uh, meaning the women. It's not fair, and it's not only the women. This is now spreading to other folks. We recently heard that Alistair, uh, Ali himself, lovable, brooding, uh, Dutch superstar himself um, is not allowed to actually uh, participate. It was uh, frowned upon most likely by the Saudi uh, Athletics Commission and he was removed from the show. It's unfortunate that uh, the product has to be formed into what they want as the product when 
I don't know. It just se doesn't seem right, and it seems like an unfair situation. Uh, what are your thoughts, if well, any? I mean, with the Saudi match, Super Showdown, um, you mentioned it to me one time. It's like these matches, a lot of them aren't really going with a storyline. It's what the Saudi athletic, whoever yeah. is backing this, these are the matches they want to see. So that's why, you know, you're going to see Undertaker and who else is, you know, some of the Gold. old... It's, Goldberg. Yeah, Undertaker versus Goldberg. Uh, Randy Orton versus Triple H. I mean... It, well, like a great example, like you speaking of them saying choosing what they want to show. Last year, they wanted Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was okay. there. They wanted Yokozuna. Yokozuna, unfortunately, is dead. So what did they do? They had a, a, uh, a sumo wrestler uh, join in on the Rumble that they had. The Greatest Royal Rumble had a sumo wrestler that looked like Yokozuna. So they were... They had all these choices on who they wanted exactly to see because this isn't a, they don't want to see the WWE. They want a spectacle that is worthy of showing to their people. Because if you look at the divide and just the divide of the um, the stadium, the, the last two shows, there are all these couches, all these comfy seats, and then a separation of, what would you say, 100 yards? And then the rest of the mm -hmm. actual fans who are watching that show. It's not for them. It's to show off to them of this... I don't know. Uh, it seems very classist yeah. <laughs> to me. Um, you know, we always watch it. You know, you can't normally watch it live due to the time. Um, but, yeah, it's not It's not a normal pay-per-view. It's not one that I would say we super look forward to or anything. So, yeah. I don't know. That's all I have to say. Well, uh, that brings us to the end of our show. Um, we'll probably, uh, next show, myself or Heather and myself, uh, we'll be probably back with a quick list uh, next week or possibly early next week. Uh, regarding AEW, um, I'd like to watch the show tonight and see what um, these young bucks have to show us. Double or nothing. Yeah, um, I, I think it's it's great to see them out there. Uh, pushing the, the limits of what we've been used to when it's come to wrestling product and what we see as mainstream and what isn't mainstream. Um, I, I hope for all the success in the world for them and I'm excited to see what uh, these next few months uh, have to bring in wrestling in general. Anyways, uh, thank you again for showing up. Uh, this is Rich Montavo and the Empress of Belts. And honey in the bank? Heather Montalvo. Heather Montalvo. Um, as always, you can catch us at WrestleThis2 on Twitter, WrestleThisPodcast.com, and WrestleThisPodcast on Facebook. You have a great week. Take care.